when the mother is saying to Peter, hey, I have somebody for you. He's a spin instructor. He's like really attractive. Then they meet up. That guy does not have the body of a spin instructor. A million percent. <laughs> yeah. Brunch. Hit it, boys. A YouTube video has gone viral for me. I keep watching one YouTube video over and over again. Which one? It is related to a recent work of ours. I can't stop watching the Hungry Eyes scene from Dirty Dancing because that's the scene in which Jennifer Grey keeps breaking. And I did not know, you hit me with that FF, Yeah, that that was real she was actually breaking and i keep watching it because i'm not watching jennifer watching the sways i'm watching sways patrol (laughs) and he is pissed like he's breaking because his character is never as disgusted (laughs) with jennifer gray's character johnny is never as just furious and sickened by baby as Swayze is with Jennifer Grey there. Oh yeah, it's I've I've seriously watched it like ten times. That no, was not that's the whole video. I'll just like rewatch that part over and over again. Yeah, it's uh, it, when I saw the fun fact, they had like a looping GIF of the one of the tickles, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, he is he's mad. He is mad, and he's like looking around <laughs> at other people. Like you, you can't once it's pointed out to you that that is that's an outtake. It makes total sense because his like eyes are darting or he's doing like some like you see what I'm working with here. And I believe there may be one person in the room because uh, Penny is in that room for part of it. Right. That yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because uh, she's like holding baby's waist and like helping. Her she's getting some instruction. Yeah. 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 She's helping. But. Who else could he be looking at? Like, I'd understand if he just, his eyes went one place and was like, hey, Penny, don't you hate baby? Me too. I'm not going to have sex with her for maybe at least he's, another day. Maybe he's looking for his higher power, being like, Lord, help this woman. Lord, beer me strength <laughs> to dance with this. This underage gal. Absolutely clueless child. She's so dumb, she doesn't even know you're not supposed to laugh while running hit. It really does make sense, though, that, like, would that even be part... Is that supposed to be part of the dance routine? Or is that supposed to be, like, them getting closer together? Because I I guess ballroom dancing, you feel each other up a bit. But, like, the running the hand down somebody's face. Well, that's part of the routine. They they do that uh, on stage at the very end. The last dance, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there is, like, the... uh, And he goes, like, pretty far down, too, and... It made me uncomfortable. I was like, her parents are right there, and you are like an adult, and she is not. Under disgust, and it was, I meant for it to be one of my main points in the Dirty Dancing discussion. Which, by the way, is now on the Patreon. You can go listen to Tomato Fight 6, Dirty Dancing versus Hitch with Ken Jack, Jack Kennedy from Lights, Camera, Barstool. It was an awesome discussion. Wait, are we we talking about something exclusive so listeners hear it and are like, Wait, what are they talking about? I want to. Be, I, I love inside podcasts. I'd mm-hmm. love to be part of one someday. And they go on there, kind of. This is sort of promotional for it, but um, I meant to say, who cares about how that gig goes? Like, what if they just 
have her like they, they could have had her fill in and him oh, be like yeah. I'm just gonna spin you around a few times. None of these people know anything about dancing. Very low stakes. Right. Very what? low stakes. I mean that's artists though. Like I, most other lines of work, people are like, Oh, I'm hung over today. I'm just gonna mail it in. Hey, can you do most of the talking? Cool. I'm all good. Artists don't even consider that. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pride thing. I think yeah. it's a pride thing, and it's like you know they felt like they were put on the earth to do like this one thing, and they want to do it their best every time. Plus, you got to consider the fact that if Swayze doesn't knock it out of the park, he's not going to get invited to back to bang more children the next year. That's true. That I was actually I almost got him confused with uh, a character from Single All the Way, which we're going to talk about in our next Patreon. This is just going to be one whole big like. We don't really talk about anything but Patreon content, but we don't go all the way there, so you have to get on the Brunch Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. I almost got him confused with the character James from mm-hmm. Single All the Way, because I was going to be like, well, no, he only he only like lives there seasonally, but then he goes back to Boston, but he moved there full time, but now there's not much of a dating scene. Right. So that's why... Desperate just, times, man. Yeah, desperate times, which... I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Like I, I I'm going to talk about single all the way for a second. Like <laughs> I know New Hampshire pretty well. James would be able to find somebody. Right. It's not that far away from Boston either. Like right. There. It's people make themselves available when James is in the mix. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, yeah. I mean, like there. New Hampshire is not the most progressive state. I would say it's not. But there are <laughs> there are a lot of like accessible points oh, that yeah. would provide more opportunity. Yeah, there's liberal pockets, yeah. Sounds I like mean, James is maybe making some excuses. Right. Dude, dip over to Portsmouth. <laughs> you're near Portsmouth. You're near Portland. New Hampshire ain't a big enough state for you to be far away from <laughs> right, either yeah, of those places. Right. So just do that. Uh, you know what my biggest issue with single all the way was? What is it? I know the spin game very well. Oh, yeah. When his mom played by... I always forget her name, but she's like basically the other Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Both Jennifer Coolidge and the other Jennifer Coolidge. This is no disrespect to uh, what is her name? Kathy Najimi. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I've said her last name right, but that's like a real Kim Coates, Bill Fickner type situation. Both those people being in that movie confuse me a lot. But when the mother is saying to Peter, hey, I have somebody for you. He's a spin instructor. He's like really attractive. Then they meet up. That guy does not have the body of a spin instructor. A million percent. <laughs> yeah. Spin instructors they're are thin, compact, yeah. tight, like Jesus bod. Very yeah. strong, but yes, yeah. Jesus bod. This guy is bang. Because it's cardio. It's yeah. cardio. This guy is like a beefcake. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Which, like, maybe that's just like. What can't James do? Maybe it's like maybe, James but is I think so it, perfect. It's probably more explained by like, hey, we need somebody who's in shape to play the role of like the gym guy, but they just got a guy who is in the wrong kind of good shape. So if you want to hear that exact same <laughs> conversation for a little more money, head over to patreon.com slash listen to brunch. Five dollar tier gets you all the bonus content. I did notice with another podcast's Patreon. They list their offerings in the aggregate versus like in the weekly. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder if that's like a, a sales trick. Should we be doing How that? How so? Like, Should explain. we be saying like, 
You used a big word there. I only know aggregate in the in the sense of uh, I mean, soccer. just like cumulatively, like okay. adding something up. So theirs says like for five dollars a month, you get four bonus episodes. Like that's double okay. the episodes that you get normally. Like, wow, that sounds great. We say for five dollars a month, you get a bonus weekly episode. Yeah, but who knows? Depending on the week. Knowing us though, like we would, we would end up having to record four episodes at the last week yeah, we or the last know, day right. of the we'd month. Be like, well, technically, we're only we're <laughs> yeah. giving them four a month, and we would. That's not a bad idea. What if we change to that, and then strategically, we just have some months planned where we'll go the whole month, and people be like, "Where's the episodes? We're the we're not signed up." Well, and it's then like, like slamming it down on the table, day, being we like, have like four rents due, speed. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crisp dollar bills. Would uh would bet would Affleck week have covered us for the entire month? I mean, technically, Affleck yeah. week was five episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, it would have been good. Yeah, you could taking the rest of the month off. Was Affleck week Patreon exclusive? Partially, okay. I think we still did. Uh, I believe we I think still the did weekly like, episode was we- Affleck, like an uh, 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 an episode of Affleck week, right? And I hope that we did this. <clears throat> we might not have. I hope that. We made the third Affleck Week episode, which is like ran. What well, that that happened to be the Wednesday episode. If we just made that one out of context, the I think the, that's the what we did. Episode. I think that that's what we did. So can't, on can't Wednesday, sure. people just got like a welcome back to Affleck Week type thing. Either that, or we like we made the first Affleck Week uh, episode the the public one, and then we're like, if you want the rest of them. They'll be on Patreon. I believe I, Patreon is worth it, not only for Tomato Fights now, which Tomato Fights rocks, and we're seriously having the time of our lives. And we've got a big Tomato Fights coming up, not this week, but hopefully next week. It's with multiple guests, and we have to time everything right. But in addition to Tomato Fights, I think that the Patreon is now really super-duper worth it, just bec- because of... Or I should say it was initially worth it anyway because of Affleck Week and Dylan on Dylan. Mm-hmm. Like those things. Yeah. It's like I used to pay $10 a month for Netflix to just always be able to watch The Office. Even if I wasn't going to watch The Office that month, I like to have them on retainer. Yeah. Having Dylan on Dylan available to you at all times or having Affleck Week available to you at all times is worth it. But now having tomato fights. And look, man, Jack Kennedy is just great. I didn't totally appreciate him rocking the NYC FC gear, but that's his team. And I love that I know people who are like MLS rivals of mine. It makes the MLS yeah. feel real. Yeah, definitely. Shout out my current getup, by the way. Just going to change the logo and pretend none of this ever happened. That's how I'm trying to get through this. Every day, I don't know if you've been following the news, every five minutes there's a new announcement that reminds you that the Revs had the best team. They came out with the best 11, which is like the, the all pros, essentially. Yeah. You know how many of the best 11 the Revs had? Nine. Honestly, they could have. <laughs> but they had four. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a high percentage. There's that's a lot of over, MLS teams. That's over... It's over 33. Yes, it's over a third of the team was the Revs. And the coach of the year is Bruce Arena. And uh, I don't know if it was officially announced today because someone texted me. They were like, oh, Carlos Hill, MVP. And I was like, yeah. Obviously. uh, Yeah, yes, obviously he's going to be MVP. And it doesn't make me feel good. I've already celebrated Carlos Hill being MVP, and it's by watching him dominate all season. Yeah, you were ready for the championship. You know what, though? Friend of the podcast, John Norris, said this. 
and it was before the refs lost. If this were any other soccer league, them winning the supporters' shield, like that would be the real the championship. Thing. Yeah, that is the championship. Right. Most soccer leagues. And MLS is just an Americanified version of the sport. But I can't, I feel like I can't do that because it being an Americanified version of the sport is probably what made the league so accessible to me in the first place. Mm-hmm. So no excuses. Just got to move on. Got to just rock all the new logos, all that sick merch, and uh, and move on. So check out, we didn't make any jokes there about Hitch. We just talked a lot about Dirty D's. And I, by the way, people, A, <clears throat> loved that matchup. Yep. Because I heard from both things. I, I heard like, ooh, I bet I know what happened on that. I bet you were like, how is Hitch as good as Dirty Danch- Dancing? And then when you rewatched it, you realized, wow, Hitch is better than Dirty Dancing. Spoiler alert. It's not at all what happened. <laughs> but it shows that people like Hitch enough that they thought, all right. It can hang. Yes, exactly. And then other people were like, how dare A, Dirty Dancing be rated I mean, that low? I mean, there are definitely more people in the world that have Dirty Dancing as one of their favorite movies than have Hitch as one of their favorite movies, I would say. Yes, but I mean, people were saying like, Hitch is a TNT, TBS classic or whatever, yeah. and they'll... Although, is Dirty Dancing as well? No. Is that on TV a lot? I mean, neither one of us had ever seen it. Yeah, that's true. But hit, yeah, not only had neither one of us ever seen it, neither one of us knew what the hell Dirty Dancing was. Could we knew there was dancing. Off. We knew that some of it was dirty. I we knew that the was Swayze Footloose. was in there. Yeah. No idea anything else other than that. Is Swayze in Footloose? No, I don't think so, right? That's Kevin Bacon. Yes. How, yo, we got it, man. We got it. We should cultured. have Bacon Week. Bacon Week would be dope. Yeah. There's a lot to cover in Bacon Week, too. It would be so tough to not do just like. Lent Hagen. Lent Hagen. Yeah, right? Yeah. Shit. <clears throat> what, what What kind of like Lent Hagen merch could there be? Like one of one merch. Like shirts that we would just make for each other to wear. Just like David Lent Hagen cucked my like something cucked about or something. Like, yeah. yeah. Is David Lent Hagen sleeping with your wife too or something <laughs> like that? The best interaction in that movie is, uh, hey, your, your wife's sleeping with David Lent Hagen. You know how I know that? Is he sleeping with your wife, too? <laughs> it was because Cal was yelling to the whole bar about yeah. how David Lindhagen made a couple That movie of is them. the fucking best, and I haven't watched it in so long. That is one of, legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. I completely agree. And, as discussed on the most recent Tomato Fights, the lift in Crazy Stupid Love, better and more romantic than it was in Dirty Dancing. Yeah, but it's a cover. That's true. Dirty Dancing has grown on me, though. Yeah, same. And I it, like it. When I saw it at first, I was when I saw both those movies, I was like, all right, both of these well-earned sub-70 scores. But now I'm like, oh, I definitely like Dirty Dancing. They dance very dirty. <laughs> it's Famously. That was the, uh, you know who would say that? Uh, Will DeFreeze would say that. True. He'd say, here's the thing about that movie. They dance, but they dance so dirty. And then Dylan would go, damn. <laughs> God, I wish Dave our podcast was that good. In that interaction, and I'd still come away from it being like, Dave's the funniest fucking person <laughs> in the world. They're great. Yeah, I, I listen to that podcast all the time. Uh, brunch. Check it out. Five stars. <laughs> Patreon.com. That's right. Uh, you see any bad tweets this week? Yeah, you did, because we saw the worst tweet of all time this week. Big tweet over the weekend. Uh, 
Oh yeah, that's right. It was this weekend. I don't even know how. Yeah, we're yeah we're we're, we're canning this episode. <laughs> yeah, this episode this is episodes. Uh, DJ's in California right now. A little early. He's he's a West Coast boy this week, so we uh, recorded over the weekend. Yeah. But boy, this weekend brought some bad tweets. I'm in a note right now, and they're like, DJ, <laughs> are you a Californians guy? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah, say yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple of things that like I assume we've talked about a million times, and every now and then like one of them will come yeah, up yeah. and we'll realize like one of us not only isn't like big on it but hasn't heard of it. Oh, we did that with Lazy Sunday. Yes. Did you I ever did. end up watching that? No. We're gonna watch wanna do it during this episode? No. Well yeah, we'll do it during this is gonna no. be a long episode. Buckle you up, buddy. Do, you told you basically like did the whole Lazy Sunday skit for me just oh, walk walking through the bars. streets of New bars. York. I did a few bars. We watched we walked past Magnolia. What we can, else are you I do? guess we can discuss it as part of the the New York trip, which we will go into detail oh, yeah. with uh, later on in this episode because we're going to be talking about licorice pizza. But first, Pete's going to watch Lazy Sunday. Be right back. <laughs> no, uh, do you want to do that? No, no. <laughs> At some point, can I get you during this podcast to watch Lazy Sunday? We'll see, and then react. We'll see. I mean, if hopefully the stuff we have planned doesn't go really fast, and it won't. Then it we won't. We have a lot to talk about. Over. I don't know. I'm going to have no say in this. I, I'm going to try my best for, to have this go a normal length. But Oh, you know what would be cool? You know what's something that we've never done before? What's that? But might be cool? A post-credit scene. A post-credit scene Whoa. where after this episode, yeah. we'll run through the credits, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, as yeah. you're seeing all these names scroll down your screen, yeah. boom, I pop up. It's me watching Lazy Sunday and reacting. Like a reaction video? Yes. We'd have to... I'd have to call Daddy Peacock to see if uh, he'd be cool with <laughs> actually with uh, I, I could see I could see that being a problem, and that's not me casting aspersions on NBC. That's me casting aspersions on everybody. We're gonna like we're gonna find out that somehow like Don Henley has a writing credit on Lazy Sunday. He's gonna be super litigious. We're gonna get sued. I don't know, man. I see a lot of people like they, a lot of people like watch uh, music videos or whatever it is. Like it's yeah. it's it's like uh it's. A form Fair of con- content, like commentary type thing. I hope so. Because I, I legitimately think stuff like that should be fair use. Yeah. The great music YouTuber, Rick Beato, will freak out over shit like that. Because he'll like point out, he'll say, like, hey, this is why this song is interesting. These are the chords they use, this is blah, blah, blah. And like, by playing the song, sometimes an artist will be like, no, you're not allowed to do that. And he's like... Yo, I am essing your songs D for like five minutes on this video. What do you think people are going to do? They're going to listen to your song after. Yeah. Shut up. So, I don't know. Hopefully people are cool with fair use. Anyway, By uh, the way, uh, no time for licorice pizza. Let's yeah. check out Lazy Sunday. Did you happen to watch the uh, the video um, about the guy who told the story about the um, the New York Times writer? Yes, I did watch that. Did you watch that? that? I, watched, I watched that this morning. Did you watch the whole thing? Yes. You're a better man than me. I watched like 10 minutes of it. Really? I flew through that thing. I don't know. Like, I mean, the big takeaway is that this guy has a library of like over 2,500 songs yeah. that he's just taken in like 99% of the profits for when he didn't make them. So my question is, though, did anybody listen to those songs? Yeah. It, uh, like I saw that his page, yeah. whatever the guy's name, Ian something, yeah. uh, Ian Medina, maybe, um, his Spotify page has over 700,000 monthly listeners. Wow. Okay. So 
the scam this guy ran is or scam maybe like who who knows the the person who was doing the video was being like pretty uh seemed like he was being like pretty fair even though he was one of the victims yeah uh, but somebody con- a writer from the New York Times contacted a musician and was like hey I'm a big fan I did I'm doing this uh like audio visual component of a story i wrote and it's going to involve music and it'd be really cool if you could be the person that does the music so this person like jumped in and didn't know that he sent the same thing to 426 26 which has or maybe even more old. because 426 agreed to do it so who knows maybe even right more. yeah yeah and 426 agreed to do it and like since then since like he made the video it's like over 500 or something and like he's still doing it. So then what ended up happening? They all made the songs for him and he ended up like putting himself as a like a writer of those songs. He ended up putting himself as a writer of those songs and uh like the reason he so there was no money given to the artist up front. He said that they like the basically they would get like exposure yeah. and they would get royalties from the playing of the songs, but the uh the contract that he had sent over basically said that like you know, it's going to be like a 50-50 split with the with the record label um, or like it's going to be a 50-50 split with with the writer and the artist, the two collaborators. And then like the other the other 50 is going to go to the record label. Mm-hmm. What uh, where it really gets sketchy is that that record label is basically like a shell company Ooh. that he registered under his wife's name. Oh, so wow. like he's he's raking in like ninety percent or, or yeah. whatever it is or whatever the math comes down to. He's raking in most of the money and pulling in like a t- a ton of royalties without giving any money up front. And like he promised that like there would be a ton of uh, there was fifty thousand dollars that were invested into uh, promoting the materials that it would end up being on like uh, there was doing like a Netflix thing and a Spotify thing. Oh yeah, none, none of, of that happened. shit. None yeah. of that shit happened. Yeah, so that that's as far as I got. Where like he kept saying Netflix is interested, Spotify's like all these places are interested, and it's crazy. That guy's still doing it. And I went to his Twitter today. My man is just like tweeting as though Still that shit like is not life. yeah that like that i went through like the replies everybody like every single reply is like yo you're gonna say something about this fucking scam you're running yeah nothing well that's one way to do it yeah. damn just tweeting through it very interesting so uh the the weird tweets well there was the marjorie taylor green <laughs> hilarious tweet that i had to read a hundred times to make sure that person said 600,000 people die a year from cancer and we don't close schools or shut anything down. So obviously the big thing there is that this person doesn't understand that COVID is contagious, cancer not contagious. Famously. Although brunch listener pointed out, uh, according in the Dawson's Creek universe, Cancer might be contagious true. if you cheat on your spouse. That's true. So that's big facts from Joey Potter. <laughs> Joey Taylor Potter. American flag emoji. Uh, the other thing, though, is... So not only does this say she doesn't understand that cancer is not contagious, does she think that people are shutting things down and, like, wearing masks in mourning? Like, oh, a bunch of people died... 
So like, let's not go to anything today. Like, yeah, it's like that, a false equivalency shut, type yes, thing. It's shut down to prevent the spread of this thing. Dumb tweet, but yeah, no, I think it's more that she's just like she thinks that people are afraid of COVID, even though it's like it, it exists and it's going to continue to exist. All the even though like people aren't afraid of cancer. But that exists and kills a bunch of people and will continue to exist. But well, it's like, again... Famously, people not afraid of cancer. <laughs> right, <laughs> Famously, yeah. people very... Fa- yeah. Nobody ever goes to the doctor to uh, get checked for <laughs> anything to make sure they might not have cancer. You, Pe- you don't have to put labels on shit if it might give you cancer. The, the U.S. population famously flippant about cancer. That's right. They they are not worried per Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, famously, like when you go to the doctor and they tell you you have cancer, you're like, phew, I thought it was going to be something else. Marjorie, Marjorie, Marjorie. Not a good tweet. We're going to call it a bad one. Someone uh, responded to her it. tweet is a, that tweet is as bad as her deadlifting form. I don't know if you've ever seen the video. No, of, I've kind of sat her out, to be honest. It's a smart decision, but yeah. uh, there's either like a video of her deadlifting or her like uh, cleaning 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 and jerking uh and she has the worst form ever it's just like her back is just like totally bent and it's just like you are gonna throw out your back so quick uh pass yeah i i've just set out that whole experience but i like i try to not do the quote tweets but uh i like many quote tweeted saying some of the effect of well this isn't so smart and someone responded and said she got her tests handed back to her face down. That is an incredible response. I feel like I, we've all been there. Yeah. But I still, we didn't grow up to tweet things that dumb. I also I also saw that uh, there was one uh, response that was, people squint at the sun because it's bright. People squint at Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's not bright. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That also had the same energy. And now I'm, now I'm quote, ting my tweet but it's like the the, i have nipples greg can you milk me (laughs) yeah like thinking saying like ah disease disease same yeah but you know i think greg did say greg you can milk anything with nipples like it is greg's fault yes and that's yeah really that was we should definitely do a tomato fights with meet the fuckers or meet the parents i've never seen meet the fuckers i've seen meet the yeah i've seen we should do meet the parents as a tomato fight that movie is outstanding let's see uh what do you think meet the parents is on rotten tees uh 87 it is an 84 wow it's very close I'm going to add it right now. The other... Uh... I did see this week, weirdly enough, that uh, uh, Ben Stiller is now older um, Is now older than... Uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? God damn it. Uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. Is now older than Robert De Niro was when he played uh, the parent in Meet the Parents. Jack? Jack, yeah. Jack Talk Tie. That's <laughs> how I know that. Meet the Parents... Is, oh, I have Meet the Fockers in here for some reason, but I don't have Meet What's the What's that parents. at on Rotten Tomatoes? Let's see. Meet the Fockers is... It is... Castaway's in 89. Meet. That's the other movie in that trilogy. 
Meet the Fockers is an... Uh, no, it's not an anything. It is a... So if it's a, if it's not an and it's a, that means it could be a 90-something, mm-hmm. a 70-something, yep, a 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. so really only 80. Yeah. Did you <laughs> that know? That does not rhyme, rhyme, uh, wind it down. Did you know that uh, a lot of numbers start with consonants? crazy fun fact it's a big fun fact that is the first that is paid on page number one of the book although that'd be confusing because you'd be like well i'm on page one that's starting with a vowel bro. it should be on page eight yeah did you know that eight is the only number but one yeah one eight. Oh yeah that's right yeah two we made the same joke we just we just found the only other <laughs> number true, that yeah. we could use so it's not an 80-something, Pete. I know you thought it was. Meet no, the Fockers. I, I said meet the parents. Was I know. It was I'm a, kidding. Meet you. the Fockers does have an 8 in it, though. It's not an 8. Okay. I was going to say, I don't remember it being that bad. It's a 68. It's a 38. Wow. Yeah. I didn't remember Meet the Fockers being that bad, but yeah. I don't remember Meet the Fockers, really. And I was a child. Didn't stick to its guns. That's <clears throat> how it ended up being a 38 special. <laughs> Good joke. As the uh, as the Jonas Brothers say, as the Jonas Brothers say, that's a soccer for you. <laughs> Been meaning to use that one when talking about soccer. Did you hear that uh, chicken tenders are uh, uh, going extinct? Oh, I have. Do you it's believe it? It's enough to strike terror into the hearts of all parents whose children can't get enough of this dinnertime favorite. That's per today.com slash food. Slash supply chain crisis now impacting chicken tenders. <laughs> My source for this story is ballerAlert.com. Baller alert? Yeah. Is this so that's saying like, watch out, this person's a baller? I think so. I think it's like a... I think that this this website is like... I have no idea. Give what, you a virus? No, I have no idea what... It seems like it may be uh, like a black culture website. Okay. So, you know, they're really kind of, they're they're checking a lot of boxes. They're writing about the chicken tenders being at risk of extinction due to global shortage. Uh, but yeah, that's my source for this story. I don't believe it. I don't think that chicken tenders can ever really go extinct. extinct. No, because then you just... Like if chickens aren't going extinct, how can chicken tenders go extinct? Let's see. I think there, that would be the bigger problem. Why this is happening, but I'll say this, like... You don't really. Let's be real. Like you don't really need chicken, right? Chicken fingers. Or Actually, chicken tenders. I have um, I have frozen chicken, quote unquote, chicken tenders yeah. in my my freezer right now. Yeah, and they're like veggie tenders. I didn't know that when I bought them. Yeah, and like you can definitely taste the difference, but it's not so bad. Right. They. I know. I mean, they. they there's one that's really popular. That's like a plant based chicken. I think they're just called nugs. Okay. Um. And they're plant based or whatever, and that that happens all the time. Like I, my uh, my mom had uh, uh, a taco, and she was like, "Hey, I had the impossible taco at this place. It was awesome." And she was like, "It had," and she was like listing what was on it. I was like, "And uh, like impossible meat," and she was like, "What?" 
And I was like, it was called an impossible, and I'm going to make fun of my mom, but like, I'm just like, it's called an impossible thing because it's not real meat. And she was like, I'll be damned. It tasted just like meat. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that like that, and that yeah. happens a ton. Of- have you had an impossible burger? I still haven't. I have. They're yeah. really good. I've heard that they uh, aren't great on the uh, tummy. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I only had one, and- mm. You know, I probably had I probably had one by accident. I had like four other burgers, so nice. I never like thought about it. But um, yeah, I, I remember like not knowing the difference. So. Definitely not against it. The only thing <clears throat> is with anything that isn't uh, that's some sort of like replacement thing, like uh, like a lot of milks and cheese replacements. I'm always afraid that there's gonna that it's just gonna be like nuts stuff, and mm-hmm. I can't have uh, a lot of nuts, so I just kind of sit that out. But I don't think that a lot of the I don't think that like a veggie burger or shit like that would be fucking with. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're tossing pine nuts in there, but I don't know. It's not my area of expertise. DJ being famously not having a lot of nuts, not having a lot of (laughs) nuts. Although it's actually, I can't have legumes. So nice. Yeah. Lord, I'm about to (laughs) Lord. I'm about to legume. Lord. I'm about to (laughs) snack on that legume. Okay. Licorice now for the pizza. good stuff. Hell Licorice yeah. Licorice pizza. Um, it's out in a couple of weeks, and we're not going to spoil it. I'm going to have seen it at least three times by the time December 25th rolls around. But understand that it's not going to be everywhere until December 25th. So we're going to basically do like basic discovery spoilers, which is like... Everything will be surface level or stuff that is already out there now. So mm-hmm. if we say this person's in it and they're so great, that person is in the cast, and, and we're just reviewing that their performance. is information that is out there. But yeah, we're not I would say to... I would say like basically whatever you're going to hear in this review is basically like if you clicked a link about like researching or a review for Licorice Pizza, you'd get it in there. Or if you watched, I mean, because I'll say like. One of my favorite things about seeing Get Out is that I had forgotten everything from the trailer by the time I saw it. So mm-hmm. this is this might be akin to seeing a trailer before you see a movie, which isn't always good. Like I I don't always like to have the trailer fresh in mind when I go well, into certain. The movies. good thing about this trailer for this movie is that it really tells you nothing about the movie. Yeah, very very little. It tells you there's a boy, there's a girl, um, that there's probably an age difference mm-hmm. that. The song "Life on Mars" by David Bowie is played in the film. I'm just going to spoil it right now. It is. Yeah, they play that song, and it it works. It works. It definitely works. I was surprised. I was. I didn't think that uh, that Bowie would would work set to film, but Bradley Cooper famously also in this movie. Bradley Cooper is in this movie. That that's what our review is going to be. It's just Tom Waits the is in the movie. Yeah. Sean Penn is in the movie. <clears throat> Leonardo DiCaprio's dad is in the movie. That story is hilarious. So there's a waterbed angle to this movie. That's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is, but yeah. absolutely not in the trailer. There's a guy that sells waterbeds, and that's Leonardo DiCaprio's dad. And he got cast because Paul Thomas Anderson had the vision of this guy <laughs> selling waterbeds 
and he was like, who do I know that looks like that? And he realized that he was envisioning Leonardo DiCaprio's dad, so he cast Leonardo DiCaprio's dad to be a water belt salesman. And then finds out after the fact that once yes. in his life, Leonardo DiCaprio's dad was in fact a waterbed salesman. That's crazy. <laughs> that is unbelievable. That's that, like, crazy. In your, that's, I mean, that is the mark of a true visionary. You think in your head, what does a waterbed salesman look like? You picture somebody who you know... And they, without your knowledge, they were a waterbed salesman. That is unbelievable. Also unbelievable, Paul Thomas Anderson and Leonardo DiCaprio famously have never worked together, but almost did one time because when Paul Thomas Anderson made a movie about the golden age of porn that made him universally no questions asked Hot seen shit. as like the best director i find that so incredible they're like obviously he's done a lot of great things but like hey what was it that made everyone freak out about paul thomas anderson Boogie well nights. he made this porn movie starring <laughs> uh starring mark Wahlberg, and it's the best movie <laughs> i know it is that is wild and like Maybe it was just like a mark of a different time. Yeah. But like if Boogie Nights came out now, that movie would not be universally beloved. People would have like think pieces on it. Yeah. People would be like, this guy might be problematic. Like people would be so split on Boogie Nights, I think. The closest thing I can think of to it in terms of like, what? They made this movie is Don John. Yeah. And the world didn't shove uh, Don John away, but. They, they were like mostly pretended that it didn't exist. We'd like I to guess. forget you, although famously high Rotten Tomatoes score, higher than expected. We both watched it pretty recently, and yeah. I think like I kind of like that movie. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. The issue is just like the the friend jumping around. My boy smashes. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh. man, tell you what, a bunch of people who don't smash do <laughs> jump up and down, hooting and hollering. Whooping it up for my boy smashed yesterday. Get out of here. But that's dude. why that rocks. Like he's such a bad guy. I character. knew you would smash. <laughs> I was t- telling I was telling everybody the whole night. Whoa, where's John? He's gotta be smashing. If I, I know mean, John, he's smashing. As somebody my who boy smashes. As somebody who just recently watched and started rewatching the Jersey Shore. Yeah, the, that was, that person exists. Yeah, this was for sure. Um it's uh, like I love you, man. Came when like bromances were a big thing. Mm-hmm. It was like the kind of tail end, t- tail end, or like the apex, I should say, of bromance culture. Don John was the apex of my boy smashes <laughs> culture. What uh, what culture are we in right now? That's a good question. I mean, I guess the easier answer is con- cancel culture. Cancel culture, famously very popular. Yeah. thing, which. By the way, just everybody have compassion. Yeah. Try to, if you can. If you can. It sounds like a... a, If if a lack of compassion is an issue for you, then I have compassion towards that, and I Mm -hmm. respect that. Very respectable of you. Yes. Very compassionate. Compassion on compassion on compassion. And that's not saying that folks shouldn't be canceled. Some folks shouldn't have jobs if they're clearly not caught up. Accountability. If they don't have the character for it. Absolutely. But if someone's hurting, someone's messed up, and again, I'm not... Somebody makes a human mistake. You know the stuff that I'm, like, not excusing. But, um, yeah, generally I have compassion. Like, uh, uh, I'll even say, like, uh, 
Chris, the Chris Cuomo thing, like that's fucking complicated. And obviously, I'm going to sound biased because I'm processing the Chris Cuomo thing. And again, we're recording this early, so if like bad, horrible things come out about Chris Cuomo, yeah, it happened today. Like I hours, apologize, like an hour ago. <laughs> but um, I assumed that he would have been helping his brother and trying to do whatever, and that's fucking wrong. And you have to lose your job for that. That's also though, like I. I, yeah, like, I do. So that's a, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't I don't necessarily d- disagree that he should be have been fired. Yeah, right. he as be. somebody who is like is given the professional responsibility. Yeah. of being a like an arbiter of the news and like like being a trustworthy source and yeah. and like giving you facts. If you're working, if your you're working to, to cover up yes. for like yeah, if you're like, working your sources to try to help a family member out of a jam, you absolutely can't do that, especially when it's something when it's something like that. But I also, and I, again, this isn't excusing it. I understand that a person would do that. Like I am not not surprised that a person would do that to help out a family member. Mm -hmm. It's wrong and they have to lose their job for it, but it definitely makes sense as the wrong word. But like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, get and i you can you can understand why somebody would be compelled to do that i believe that somebody would do that and since he lost his job like i don't know a lot of the 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 making fun of him and shitting on him and everything kind of gives off a like do you know that you wouldn't like do something fucking like really bad to try to save a family member or try to help out somebody that you knew did something wrong but is super close to you. Like life's fucking hard. So I don't know. I uh I uh I I just don't like the idea of making everything about like And painting everything with like a black and white sort of like good and bad brush. Right. Like that person fucked up and they lost their job and they had to lose their job, but I believe I believe that that's like a, a thing that a lot of people would do. So I guess what I'm saying is like, I think a lot of the people that are very quick when somebody fucks up or does something wrong, gets fired, whatever it may be. Like, I don't know that the average person th- wouldn't have a fuck up like that or. Yeah. I guess it's whatever. like the victory parade thing. That, yeah. That that's, kinda... that's what I'm saying. And yeah. again, I'm not excusing people who lose their jobs for doing bad shit and certainly Cuomo like you guys know if you've listened to the podcast that I've been a fan of Chris Cuomo he had to lose his job for that but yeah that that's it I guess like the the victory parade thing where it's like man like we're all humans and I don't know just a little, little, little compassion that's me being a softy or I don't know, maybe an asshole, depending on how, wh- whatever. How did we get here on a licorice pizza, pizza discussion? The cancel culture. Thing? Oh, we're gonna uh, cancel yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson because <laughs> right. there's a big age difference between the characters <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, uh, you said it when we walked out um, that like you know I don't this isn't like a big spoiler or anything. Like there's a the story centers around a boy and a girl. And it's a coming of age tale. Yeah. And one of the people is already of age, and the other one is not. Yes. There's a. Uh, there's a 25-year-old hanging around a 15-year-old. So there's definitely going to be thoughts on that. But I think that it's it, it's more of like a portrayal isn't... Uh, I learned this recently. This is something people say in arts. Uh, portrayal isn't uh, 
I don't, I don't want to say endorsement because that sounds like the Twitter bio thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's something like that, though. Like just because you're portraying something doesn't mean that you're saying it's a uh, it's a good thing. And like art's supposed to make you think. Yeah, it's supposed to generate some thoughts in your head. Right. And I will say that uh, that aspect is not the uh, not the most offensive thing that happens in this movie. Oh, yes. There is. I don't want to spoil it because I would love for you to experience the the movie theater atmosphere when this. There is like an initial scene where one of the characters does something extremely offensive, like over the top offensive. Yeah. And the theater reaction to it was palpable. The theater reaction was challenging, I would say. Right, because it was like... It is... Some laughs, some gasps. Yeah. And it is... I didn't know what to do. I really did. I think I just like... I'll just be honest. I think I I just like put my hands on my head or like my my hands over my face and was just like, oh my god. I'll be honest. I was gasp. I... I, I, I gasped. I think we looked at each other and we were like, oh my god. I was god. taken aback. And people were laughing. And then when it happened, it happens multiple times. It happens times. multiple times, yeah. Stunt. Um, but that's the kind of thing where, like, in, uh, in mid-90s, the language is very 90s. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was gutsy, but probably the correct move to have the language authentically 90s. Mm-hmm. This movie's set in 1972. So somebody being that offensive in 1972 is very, very realistic. Yeah. But it's not like with the mid 90s thing, if you didn't have kids talking like that, then it would be noticeable. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't think that the 70s was like people making sure to always get in. A super offensive thing. So yeah. when they, so like th- that could have been skipped. I, yeah, it definitely could have been skipped. Uh, I, I would say the casting choice of the person who did the very offensive thing makes makes a lot of sense, and it's sort of that. I think that that very much like. I don't want to say it worked, but like you, you know that that character sort of like does that. That that actor does that sort of humor. Oh yeah, uh, uh, frequently. So yeah, so like it. It was like not totally out of nowhere. I guess the actor we're talking about is Alana Heim. <laughs> Very offensive. I'm kidding. <laughs> there was not Alana Heim, <clears throat> but Alana's great in this movie. She is seriously is. amazing. She like America. America's gonna fall in love with Alana Heim, and I feel like America's gonna fall in love with Cooper Hoffman. They are like. There's going to be people, like, drawing pictures of them and, like, tweeting pictures of, like, cartoons of them and, like, doing fan art and all this stuff. I mean, there's definitely also going to be, um, out of context, uh, licorice pizza accounts because there are so many, so many memeable things from this movie. It's it's an extremely, extremely memeable movie. There's multiple Alana lines that are going to be perfect. I said after, I was like, I hate that. When we watch movies now, we do have to kind of think in terms of memes. But we, after we were like, this I'm is gonna going to say be this. this. I'm going gonna, to gonna use this yeah. for this, and I'm going to use this for this, <clears throat> and everything. Uh, this isn't a spoiler. I'll just say, look out for it. There's one shot 
where someone's on the phone and they show the couch and Danielle just like peeks her head up <laughs> above and is listening and that is going to be heavily you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I gasped at that. No, I laughed out loud at that. I don't know if like people were supposed to be laughing at that, but there there are a lot of like great shots like that. Uh Alana Heim is the girl in this movie, but the entire Heim family <laughs> Yeah. Uh the entire Heim family is in this movie and it Quite is a bit. And it, it's incredible. They're all they're so funny. This is another basic discovery thing. If you follow Alana or Heim, they've probably posted things about how their dad steals the show. Now, they're that's their dad, so they like love him and everything. So they're only saying that because their dad steals the show. Yes, it's not a biased take. He Mordecai is Heim, you goddamn legend. <laughs> it is so fucking funny. I was stunned. Uh, I didn't know that... Oh, I did know that their whole family was in it. But still, the first scene with him, she comes home and... Her dad's in the driveway and is like, hey, like, where you been? And I just didn't add it all up. Like, I knew he was in the movie. I knew the whole family's in the movie. But she He's comes home and shooting I hear... shooting hoops. <laughs> I, yeah, I hear her... I hear, like, a an old Jewish man say, where have you been? And not to be weird, like, I've seen him in stuff before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, Jeff did a documentary on them a million years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, He's in, like, the background of one of the, the videos. We should have Jeff on for a Heim episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, right. Like, her straight-up dad is... Yeah, and it's hilarious because they uh, they have all the sisters in it, the mother yeah. and the father, and they just play themselves, essentially. Yeah. They keep all their names. Uh, Alana is Alana, but I don't... Cooper is not Cooper, right? No, Cooper no, he's is Gary. Gary, that's Gary right. Valentine. Yeah. So, which I don't I feel know how like the... Paul might have still been in kind of like golden age of porn. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> mode when picking the names, but well, I think that Gary wishes he was in the golden age of porn too. Famously, asks for HJ's. Loves it's not a spoiler. HJ's. It's in the trailer. Yeah. Look it up. It's the beginning. <laughs> it's uh, David Bowie singing about Gary asking for those H's. Um, I was, uh, I was reading a little bit about, about, um, the movie and like the process. And one of the fun facts that I found this week was that the first thing that they shot overall for the entire movie was the, uh, the first scene with Bradley Cooper. And Uh. they did this because both Alana and Cooper making their, uh, feature film debuts Famously, famously, yeah. famously, not uh, not big actors yet, so they're new. Well, Cooper still has to grow. <laughs> True, he'll be big. He'll be a bigger actor in he he will. He's only fifteen once he hits his growth spurt. Right. Yes. Um. So when when Bradley Cooper's character meets the... Alana, famously twenty nine years old, <laughs> when Bradley Cooper's character meets Alana and Cooper. Uh, it's a like it's like a real like power standoff, oh, yeah. and Paul Thomas Anderson made the decision to shoot that scene first because Bradley Cooper is an established powerful actor, and they are very green actors and actresses. Kids and like that scene is so fucking good that like. It's just like that man. That man is a great director for th- even thinking about that. Oh yeah, and like it's just 
And that you do see in the trailer. That 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 scene is yes, in, yes. a lot of that scene is in the trailer. That is the Streisand scene. Yeah. The Streisand. Streisand. Yeah. I was kind of confused when I saw that in the trailer. I was like, "How do you get say the first couple times?" I'm like, "He sa- says I, it right the first I, time." I think he's saying Streisand. Yeah, I think, but I'm just assuming. Like, well, this is the kid, and that's Bradley Cooper. Right. Bradley Cooper is so smart that he made himself the hot one in the movie he made. So I'm gonna trust this guy. But in context, no, that guy is just a crazy, like coked up, uh, mean guy, and he's intimidating. The the longer cut of the Streisand scene. I was giggling throughout. It was hilarious. Very, very funny. A lot of funny scenes in this movie. Um, very it's funny. a very lighthearted movie. Also, the fact that you keep saying, like, oh, it's in the trailer. Uh, y- it's not a spoiler. Here is a spoiler. Uh-oh. Don't believe everything you see in the trailer. Because everything you see in the trailer, not not all in the movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not all so of it. So it goes both ways. There are some shots, though, that are too good to not put in a trailer. That's right. So. It, but Feast th- on that for what it. For elite, what you will. Elite trailer. Elite movie. It's a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes with, I believe, a 96 audience score. It's a, yeah, 91 with a 96 audience score. Personally, and I know that tomato score does not indicate it's a blank out of 100, mm-hmm. but I would like to see that tomato meter up closer to 93, 94, but it certainly belongs in the 90s and I'm glad it's there. The fashion is great. I've really recently loved it. I think that's just because it's kind of coming into fashion, but that early 70s fashion is oh, the yeah. bomb. I, yeah. I like I think I like early uh like decades fashion because like I love 1980 fashion as can you be seen in Freaks and Geeks because it's a lot of leftover shit from like the late 70s mm-hmm. and it's dope so and we saw this movie in uh in 70 millimeter film yes as paul thomas anderson brag. would love for God you to intended. do as well mm-hmm. uh i guess our takeaway from that like so heading into the movie my my thought was like you know i hope that it's worth it because we drove four hours to new york to not only see the movie but see it as god intended yeah in 70 millimeter to get us some hockey jerseys that's right um but I also said, you know, I hope it's not so good that I'm going to feel disappointed any time I have to watch a movie that's not in 70 millimeters. New York's a long trip. It is a long trip. Um, my takeaway is that uh, you know, 70, millimeter, 70 millimeter is kind of just like shittier, yeah, shittier little, quality. A little worse, a little shakier. But like it w- absolutely works for licorice pizza because this is like an older stylized movie. Yeah. And I mean, there was just no shot. This it's already bad enough that it opened in select theaters a month early, and then will be have a national release uh, at the end of this month. But also, like, there's just absolutely no question as to whether he would let this stream or follow the pattern of anything else recently. Like, there's no way this was going to go no. straight to Netflix. No. Although I could see it being one of those movies. Like, this is... This could be like a like a marriage story type watch. No, obviously, like, great movies. Right. I, I, I thought I Care A Lot was awesome, and that went straight to Netflix. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I think that Paul Thomas Anderson is more of, like, a, like a traditionalist and, yeah. like, likes the, uh, likes the art of it too much to kind of uh, to not like go back to basics, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, we said this um, before that like there was zero chance that 
neither one of us was going to like love it. Love this movie. Be head over heels. And I so after seeing it, I didn't know if like I knew that the reviews were great. And I know that people trust Paul Thomas Anderson. I didn't know if people were going to love it as much as we did. Yeah. And as we as much as we do. But I am seeing like unanimous love for this movie. So I've heard I haven't seen anything like but like the movie people I talk to say like I've kind of heard everything on it. Like I've heard really? yeah, like I've heard, I I've haven't heard, heard a bad thing. And I've heard like uh one of the uh bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes calls it a meandering nostalgia trap and I think that that's low hanging. I think that's an easy thing to say about any movie that's set in the right. 60s or 70s especially like, in California. Oh, you're just, yeah, you're just going for nostalgia and everything and People said the same thing about fucking um, uh, La La Land. So I was going to say, I said this on Tomato Fights. This movie is a thousand percent going to get La La Landed. People are going to love it. The or the first batch of people that see it are going to say how great it is. And then, because people are the way that they are, and I have compassion towards those people, but because people are the way they are, they're going to be like, oh, well, it's just some L.A. bub. Oh, yeah. Like, if I guess you're a real cheap date if that impresses you. And it's like, no. It's awesome. Yeah. It can right. be set in LA and pay homage to the California past and still be an awesome, delightful movie. Right. And it is. So Also, and if you expect if you expect Paul Thomas Anderson to work with the Heim sisters and not have it be LA porn. Yeah. What what have you been paying attention? Was confusing when uh <laughs> Gary gets arrested and they're pulling away in the cop car. Alana runs after the car and there's actually you know what there's a lot of alana running in this movie yeah it's it's like a central theme will that cause a divide in the family Mm. there are some walking scenes though there are some like brisk walking scenes and i was like oh that it's weird that there's no high music playing here right famously they take the steps together they walk they walk down the street so yes go see licorice pizza whenever you can the earliest possible uh showing that you can get to yeah uh, it, it absolutely highly recommend the highest recommend. It is going to be in the discussion for uh for Oscars talk too as well. Like no no doubt. If Alana Heim is nominated for best actress, I am. Why don't they have celebrate. Why don't they have a, a best new actress category That'd or like be awesome. best new actor? Right, because then it would go to like Leo or somebody. Because <laughs> yeah, they should just follow it like do uh, it like the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be like, all right, uh, best uh, best new actress goes to. Oh, I love this Lizzo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, as part of this episode, we also wanted to do a little a little Heim dive. Yeah, we haven't done uh, as much Heim as usual, but let's do it. We got top ten Heim songs and top ten Heim things and. I had a tough enough time coming up with top 10 Heim songs. And you were like, how about Heim things? The things list was more fun to come up with, Mm -hmm. but it was also more difficult to come up with. Because there's so many Heim things. Like, if you live in the Heim universe, you could go in so many different directions. Yeah. I I had a challenging time. But let's do it. You want to do songs or things first? Uh, Let's do do songs first. Yeah, we can cruise through songs. Okay, uh, 10. Ten for me. I'm already cheating. I have a tie for ten. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna do like uh, the Calvin mm-hmm. Harris one because I no, like, no, I no, that. no. Um, 
Yeah, I think you would allow that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even no, I think it's fine. Like mainly Danielle. Yeah. No, I don't have any like collabs. collabs yeah. yeah. Um, but I do have a tie in ten because I had both these songs listed, and I love them for different reasons. So I figured it was fine to put them as ten. Uh, ten gasoline slash my song five. Oh, great. Two songs that famously are not on my list. Okay, cool. And I love that start. Uh, I put Gasoline because it sounds like a Sheryl Crow song. Yeah. Uh, and I put My Song 5 because it's fucking insane. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking insane. And I love the, um, I love, and I believe that you told me this fun fact. It's called My Song 5 yes. because they made it in GarageBand. And when you make songs, are you like start files in GarageBand? The template is my song, yeah. and if you start a new one, it's my song one, my song two, my song three. This was my song five. They made it in GarageBand with, like, clearly GarageBand tools. Oh, yeah. And they just kept that song title. I love that. The, like, shitty MIDI horns just, like, pitched way down, like the... Amazing. Yeah, I love my song five. My song five is a uh, very sorry to not be on there. It's an honorable mention. Somebody would also call it. I uh, <laughs> don't have my song five. Would love to have it on there. I don't have gasoline or the other Cheryl Crow song on Women in Music Part Three, which is I've Been Down. I love I've Been Down. I actually think I prefer it to gasoline. But um, my number 10 is a real classic. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be getting a lot of Days Are Gone from old Dave. Yeah, of course. Uh, 10, I've got Honey and I. Okay. On my song. list, I figure. I figure I could see it being high for you. Do you remember that video that I made of uh, yeah, honey? honey. I, yeah, with honey. It's yeah, just, it was honey and Pete. Yeah, that's, that's, honey a, and that's, you. that's an underrated video. I think I, I don't think I posted that. I think I only sent it to you. I think that was like a, a text message exclusive. Whoa! <laughs> uh, number Gotta nine. The five bucks of that month. <laughs> number nine. Um, the steps. Uh, the steps is. I believe that was the lead lead yeah, single so. off yeah. of. Uh, off uh, Women in Music Part 3, Wim 3. Um, I love the wailing guitar. I love... Uh, it's a very uh, it's a very empowering song. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of... It's, I, get, I like feel like I'm like about to fucking scream girl power when I listen to that song. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, in the music video, uh, there's a close-up of... And I can't remember if that's a Paul Thomas Anderson music video. It is. But it is? That's, yeah. a, that's a PTA one? Yeah. I think... Is that a... That's a one-shot music video, too, I believe. Like, all in one shot? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there are, like, different places in the house. Yeah, but uh, I think that the camera follows them. I, I could be just totally uh, making this up, but I thought that it was a one-shot video. I'll look it up, but uh, go ahead. But I, the, I, the I, cool part is, like, there's a little drop chorus uh, late in the song, um... Which means like there's like no drums or anything, but like the rest of the stuff is happening, and she's singing like that every time I da da da, and she's singing it all nice, and the camera's just on Danielle, and it's just on her face, and then the the baby it we zooms definitely... out, and she's at the drum set, and like does like the boom, boom, yeah, and that's like the coolest fucking shot. That's a sick video and an excellent and, song. And she eats lipstick. Yes, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, not the last we're gonna hear from the steps. Uh, number nine, off of. Their sophomore effort. Okay, uh, famously not a one-shot music video because uh, I uh, am six seconds in and there's not there's been a cut. Uh, okay, I was Bohemian wrong. Rhapsody number nine for me is uh, "Want You Back." Okay, classic. Too. I love that song. Yeah. Um, eight. I have "Walking Away." Walking Away. 
I will. I don't know if that song would have made my top ten if I had never seen it live. Seeing it live really elevated it for me. Oh yeah. Uh, I th- believe it was in Chicago when yes. we saw it, and they a lot of smoke, like a heavy smoke machine, and they stand in place and dark red lights, right? Yeah, 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 and like they dance to it. Yeah, and yeah. Fuck, that was amazing. And that song, I think that you called it a. Um, I don't know. Did you call it a a Destiny's Child song or like a? Uh, that sounds yeah, something like that. It's something. It's like it in that vein to like the Maya. It's so type, good. Uh, yeah, like women R and B of the the early two thousands. So good. Yeah. Not the last we're gonna hear. Of walking away. Number seven, or sorry, number eight, I've got another one of their, like, kind of departures from straight rock, 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. That was a... Really, really fun song. That was a uh, a honorable mention for me. I had it on my short list. I recommend the version with Thundercat as well. Yes. They performed recently with Thundercat. I don't know if you saw the video of SD falling down on the stage no. she was like walking being real cool doing stuff only sd could do and she steps on a monitor and <laughs> just smokes herself and she was posting it everywhere yeah and that, alana posted of something of like she's like that's it, why like none of you can be sd <laughs> because like you'd all make it into something stupid and be all scared of it and everything and sd just owns it and you could see in the video thundercat is like playing and singing and he's watching her and as she's falling down not in like a problematic way he's like smiling because <laughs> i feel like you really expect it with sd like if anybody's gonna fall down it's gonna be sd and and do you think that sd has ever fallen in her life and it has not been like a production i was well i was gonna say if i saw sd Heim <laughs> fall the last thing i would worry about is Oh no, is she okay? Yeah, she's because like a child. I'm positive. Yeah. She's okay. She's like a like a little child where like they are built to just SDM survive. Is indestructible. <laughs> yeah, right. Um that's a great uh great choice. I had three AM uh right on the outskirts. Number seven for me is Now I'm in it, which is my Ooh. favorite song off of uh off of Wimp Three. Whoa. And it is technically a bonus. Yeah, I love that it's, pick. T- it's not on the actual listing. So if it's my favorite song on Wimp 3, that means there's no more You're done Wimp, 3. For Wimp 3. No more Wimp 3. Um, but now I'm in it. Like, the music video is awesome. Uh, I'll give it extra points for that. And it just personally, like, appeals to me. It's quite synthy and, yeah. like, quite up, up-tempo. I was really uh, having a hard time with the, the Wimp 3 songs, too, because I really wanted to put... Uh, I Know Alone on there because the I Know Alone experience is amazing. It's a great song, uh, great dance moves. Love it, but don't have it on there. Number seven, I got The Steps, which we've already hit. Uh, I'll note that my number six is Walking Away. So we've now hit those anyway. So we've already discussed those. So you can give your uh, seven six, and six. F- six and five oh, because yeah, you gave yeah. your seven. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my six is <clears throat> falling. Um, <clears throat> oh fuck! Sorry. What? You're, I'm not, fall- you're I'm not falling. You're not falling on there. <laughs> uh, uh, I have falling. It's I. It holds a special place in my heart because it's because it's my very first Heim introduction. It's the first that I've heard of Heim. It's the first song on the first album, and I remember you pushed uh 
you push days are gone so fucking hard that i like oh, yeah. was like fine i'll check it out obviously started at the first song first time exposure um and the chorus just fucking rocks um so that's my number six number five i have want you back Chorus goes crazy. Yeah. It's just such a good song. Great song. Fuck. Uh, if we do any sort of graphic or something, we have to plaster all over this. Just DJ, DJ forgot, forgot <laughs> Falling. Because, dude, I'm so with you on Falling in that I people had pushed uh, Haim on me. And I, like, I, I was, by the letter of the law, late to Haim. I was very big into Haim when I got into them. But I didn't check them out until the whole album was already out. And they were like a big drop the album queens yeah alb- uh, band for a while and days are gone had already been out when i finally checked it out and i went to a starbucks i was it was when i was uh still covering the bruins i was going there to write and i was like i'll put on this heim album and you I didn't write i'll tell you that in the streaming days i think i think i bought the album like on itunes okay and yeah from the beginning just like the sound of that album was fucking perfect for me and i love it so much and when we get into top 10 heim things i'll tell you very high on the list is just going to be made the album days are gone because the whole production and everything of that the songs performance it's seriously an a plus album for me so that's a big omission on my part uh my number five is the title track from that album sung by ms sd heim days are gone I love that song so much. Whenever in the spin world, they're like, fine, DJ, we'll play some Heim for you. What do you want? I always tell them, days are gone. Okay. Uh, I have number four, Don't Save Me. Mm. Uh, Don't Save Me absolutely rips. What, you don't have that? I was paused by a don't, oh my God. I have Don't Save Me at number four. Take me back, take me back, like that shit rules. Fuck me. I would not have ever assumed that we're making top 10 Heim song lists that mine is better than yours. Yours is so... I <laughs> fucked up my list so badly. I was paused. I knew what were going to be in my top three, and then I shuffled something in there, mm. and now everything's gone. Um, fuck. I forgot falling. and Don't save me. That's fucking pathetic. Uh, okay. Number four is Little of Your Love. Okay. I... Great song. Love it. It's got all sorts of vibes. Best song on on something to tell you. I'm just so mad at myself that I forgot. Don't save me. But uh, give me your number three. Uh, my number three is Honey and I. Mm-hmm. It's like this, just the slow, lovely build to an incredible final act of that song. Great time. The, oh, yeah. The, the final act of that song is unbelievable. Yeah. Ah, I could ah, run ah, through ah. a fucking wall. So great. Number three, Forever. Okay. That is not on my list. Just whoa. Mm-hmm. So like that is just like iconic Heim. But that's like right there. Like when when I if there's like a what are the most important Heim songs thing, I would say that it's like The Wire, Forever, and Don't Save Me. Okay. Those are really fucking those are just like the Heim sound, but fuck, yeah, I'm still mad at myself. Leads me into my number two, uh The Wire. So whoa. funky, so flowy. I love it. Whoa, uh, my number three is If I Could Change Your Mind, which was my favorite song on Days Are Gone for a while, but uh, <clears throat> I just do understand that at the end of the day, if I could see Heim play a show right now, which I haven't done in so long, I'd have one song at the top of my list. What's your number one? Are you at no- Do you already do number two? Yep. 
Okay. If I could change your mind. Okay. Uh, number one on my list, my favorite Heim song is Little of Your Love. It Great is Great song. It is such a good song. And like, I don't know how to explain it. And I feel like I've used this phrase or whatever for songs before. But like when that song came out, I felt like it had... I felt like it had already existed in my life. Yeah. Like, I just didn't know how that song didn't already exist. Like, I listened to it for the first time, and I was like, how has this song not been in my life? Right. Like, this this feels like it's already been part of my life. Yeah, it just felt like an instant classic the first time I heard it. It's so great. I uh, First time I heard it was at, I think, Boston Calling, and... They uh, were just, like, doing the band thing of, like, this isn't recorded, this isn't out, we're just, like, trying out new stuff, and we were like, well, that song's absolutely awesome. Famously written for the film Trainwreck. Really? I did not know that. LeBron James. That's right. Um, Trainwreck said no thank you. Really? Yeah. Holy, how can you listen to that song and say no thank you? That was a pass for old uh, train dubs. (laughs) Um, The first time that I had heard that song, I believe, because I don't think that I had heard it live, um beforehand but the first time that i heard that song was on saturday night live because they played that song on saturday night live like two months before they released it yeah the version of it and so like i heard that song i fucking loved it was dying for it dying to listen to it any any chance i could i had to wait like two months for them to put it out yeah the wait between uh their first and second album i remember was like tough i remember like heim stands really just hanging on there every word and breath as they waited for more stuff. Uh, do you know when... I know the exact day that that song came out like and was released. Uh, it was, I, was during it... a weekday because I was at work and... It's not true. Yes, it was. Yeah, it, it was... Pl- I don't know about release, but they, it was played on a... Uh, it was played on the BBC radio uh, and I okay. like left... I have a, a little bit I have a very it. vivid memory of um maybe it was the day the the full album was released. Uh the f- I have a very vivid memory of being at the airport with you getting ready to go to Atlanta to visit Randy for the Taylor Swift concert yeah. and listening to Little of Your Love over and over and over again because it was the first time that I'd been able to listen to it. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. When uh well, we'll have to check the dates. That's interesting. I don't remember that, but I believe it. Wild. Yeah, but maybe that was like the first time it was like we could get it on our phones mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, my number one is The Wire. Okay. Uh, not a big uh, surprise there, but that is a that's a perfect production, that one right there. Uh, yeah, I fucked up forgetting Falling and Don't Save Me. They'd be high up there, so I guess maybe you want you back and Honey and I would get squeezed out, but uh, let's do top ten Heim things. Oh, we're doing ten? I did. I only put down five. Oh, word. Alright, let's do five. We'll do five, and then okay. we can uh, play around with the, the leftovers I got. Okay. I'm not I'm not super proud of my number five. Okay. I think that it's uh, like a... I think it's going to make you roll your eyes. Uh, number five for me is that I love that somehow they're in Taylor Swift's entourage. Like, oh. that is a... I know that Taylor Swift has like a very expansive entourage at this point in time, but like they are sort of OG members of the Taylor Swift entourage. And it's just like, I don't put them as like big Taylor Swift friends. It's a Yeah. Like it surprises me. (laughs) It surprises me that they hang out with Taylor Swift. So I think it's like a kind of like a cool thing that like they are part of that, that like 
club. All right, I'm going to do my uh, 10 through 5. Okay. 10, dressed up like Nardwar for their Nardwar interview. <laughs> they wore the hats and glasses. They got way into it for the do 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 uh, Nine, uh, Alana making face during Valentine gif <laughs> that really, I think only two people on the planet have used. Uh, mainly Katie Nolan. If I tweet something bad, good, whatever, Katie will just respond with a gif of Alana just like staring blankly for five seconds and then eventually going... That wasn't that, that wasn't Valentine, was it? It was. Uh, I thought it was. Oh, it, maybe it was. I don't. I was the name of that song. But that's a great gift, and it reminded yes. me that I should uh, use again. Uh, number eight, Rihanna tweeted, "What y'all think about Heim?" <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah, and Heim made a T-shirt out of it. Really? Yeah. I didn't buy it at uh, one of their shows. They had it on, a, and it was like Rihanna. The tweet was from 2013. That is incredible. Um. Number seven, Heim Time on Beats One is their radio show, and it was awesome. They would do a, a topic, mm. they would all play three songs related to that topic, and then someone would call in and decide who won. And it was great. They did the Battle of uh, Britney, where they all picked their favorite Britney songs, and it was a cool little insight yeah. into all their musical taste. By uh, the way, uh, it was Right Now, the video for Right Now. Oh, okay. directed by Paul Thomas. Anderson, right. So that, no, Valentine was part. It was like all of that, though. Okay. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think maybe. I could be. Right. Yeah. No, you're probably right. But I, I, uh, I just remember watching the Right Now video and also being upset that the Right Now album version is not yeah. quite as strong with the yeah. drums at, yeah. uh, at the end. Yeah, that video is awesome. Number six uh, introduced me to Lizzo. Because, oh wow! Uh, Lizzo yeah. opened for them, and she already had those songs out because famously Lizzo had those songs out forever, and then like. 20 years into her career, people were like... Best new artist. <laughs> All right, these songs can be nominated, even though they just they came out forever ago. Uh, shout out Lizzo, though, because Lizzo was great. They played uh, The Boy Is Mine together. It was a lot of fun. Uh, number five, Chromio Old 45's music oh, video. fuck. I forgot about that. should have been my number five. I'm glad that you put it should in there. should have been both of our number one. Yeah, probably. Amazing. Just hanging out in leather jackets, bopping along, and that is a choice Chromio cut. Yeah, uh, number, f- yeah, th- I mean, that's my favorite Chromeo song. Same. Yeah. Um, great video. Uh, number four for me, I love the fact that they started as a family band. Uh, yeah. I love that, like, I-, I now love the entire Heim family based off of what I saw in Licorice Pizza. So it's very cool that they started off as a, um, uh, Rockenheim. 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 And I love that, uh, they were just like a, f- uh, like a, this very wholesome family band that played, like, local shows oh yeah and benefits and stuff and just you know spurned the the, or like spawned the career of these like rock gods yes uh number four modi heim's performance in licorice pizza yeah that's that's a good one tremendous um number three for me the fact that sd heim's uh, handles on social is Jizzy McGuire. Very good. It's very good. It's very strong. Very strong out of Esty. Uh, number three for me, uh, Vampire Weekend's Father of the Bride album, mm-hmm. which famously features Danielle Heim throughout, is co-produced by Ariel Rekscheid, who the the whole the joke about like who's the fourth Heim sister thing, like all oh, that. I've I've never. 
I've never been crazy about any of those jokes or whatever. Why do we like, need a fourth one? We've got three amazing right. ones. But like much like George Martin was like the fifth Beatle, Ariel Rexheid is like the fifth <laughs> Heim and fourth. Uh, fourth, I'm sorry, fourth Heim. And that album and Danielle's contributions are great. It's my favorite Vampire Weekend album. Uh, and Harmony Hall is one of my favorite Har- Harmony songs Hall of the last is in- so many years. an incredible song. Great, great song. Um, number two, trying to find, trying to figure out that family dynamic and like who plays what role and like just, I mean, I love them so much and all of their interactions, but like trying to envision what they're like on a day to day basis and like, I don't know, in, in my head. I feel like they're always together. They live together yeah. in one house. Like <laughs> I can't imagine them just living separately. And and I don't think that Licorice Pizza fucking helped that at all because the, Alana Heim is the youngest sister, obviously, uh, in real life and in Licorice Pizza. Famous, and they yes. they dump all over her for being like a loser for like living at home and stuff. But like Esty and Danielle are both living at home yeah. with their parents in that movie, and it's just like. I'm so glad that that played into my in for some reason like this weird envisioning of the Heim family just all living under one roof at all times. Uh, this is gonna be like weird like boy bandy stand stuff, but like of the Canes, so that's the 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 Heim family in the movie Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. Of the Kane daughters, Esty, famously Danielle and Alana, which. Of those three, do you think you would be best like best friends with? And not meaning like they're they're your best friend, but like which do you think like, would be like best suited to be uh, your friend? Uh, Esty, I think probably because she is just like hilariously off the walls, yeah, and like very judgmental, and I think it's hilarious. Esty's very funny in this, but like. Danielle is super chill. Yeah, Danielle's character is like somebody who would actually be my friend. Yeah, like you could just like hang out on the couch and watch a movie with Danielle. She's just like the most chill person in the world. In there that movie. is man, there's uh, there's a lot of good scenes with uh, the the Heim sisters in this movie. But there's an interaction between Danielle, a very brief interaction between Danielle and Alana that is sensational. Uh, my number two is you knew it was coming. They made Days Are Gone. Okay. That is a terrific, terrific album. And if you haven't listened to it, then you're no friend of this podcast, but it's the best. Uh, number one for me, my favorite Heim thing. It's This probably doesn't come as any shock. The Heim-Paul Thomas Anderson connection, like, just somehow... Oh, fuck, I have two threes. Okay. Uh, the The fact that, like, Paul Thomas Anderson does all of their music videos i'm assuming for like just for fun like mm. not for not for work purposes just because he wants to uh not only that he casts them in his movies even though they famously don't have much acting experience he puts their entire he puts their parents in his movies he lets them keep their same names in in his movies uh the fact that he was a student of the the Heim matriarch yeah and that's how this connection happened and I don't know like I, I assume that you know the story of like how that happened is like uh the Heim mother was supposed to be shadowing a, uh, an art teacher at this at the school that Paul Thomas Anderson went to and the teacher had a heart attack 
in the parking lot. And so that like the high mother had to take on all these classes and got to be Paul Thomas Anderson's teacher. And then for like years after the fact, just referred to him as Paul yeah. and would be like, oh, Boogie Nights. That's uh, that's that's my student Paul's movie, and they'd be like, "Wait, are you talking about fucking Paul Thomas Anderson?" She was like, "Yeah, that's Paul." Yeah, I, that's unbelievable. That is so fucking funny. I accidentally had two number threes, so apparently I had eleven instead of five. <laughs> uh, and my other number three is uh, responsible for Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> I don't know if I would put it that way, but I yeah, okay. I mean, he works in the arts. She taught him art. Hmm? No Paul, no PTA without, uh, without Miss Miss Heim. We're not talking about parent teacher association. That's not that. That's right. Uh, my number one is just. Uh, Wait, it, maybe we are talking about parent teacher association. Wow. That's exactly what the Heim mother was. Parent to the Heims, teacher yeah. to the Anderson. Yeah, uh, my number one is just that they eat, sleep, and breathe music. Um, mm-hmm. They represent my ideal musicians. They are both awesome at music and are fucking obsessed with it. Like, they... I I don't think that they did, like, their radio show for the check. I think right. they're like, we would be sitting around we get the talking chance. about music yeah. anyway, so let us do that. So, like, they know their shit. They're awesome. Like, they're, you hear stories like... Uh, might be like the killers or something, and then this isn't to like discredit the killers or something, but like people, I know someone who lived in Vegas and was like, yeah, I was like, I knew about like the music scene in Vegas and everything, and like the killers weren't like working the clubs or anything, like they must have just gotten like discovered and then like put on some sort of fast track or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or like the they're, they're just some bands that like. Do the easy thing, and right. I, I don't know. Like, I, like, I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but like, but like, if the world found out, or the, if the world stopped caring about Heim tomorrow for whatever reason, they were just like, whatever, don't care. The entire world, they would still go on playing music, yes. talking about music, loving music. Yeah, I bet that like when they were kids, that they before podcasting even existed, they probably sat around a table with like microphones and recorded themselves just talking about music right. to like tape or like yeah, and then like, saved it do, like a radio show yes or yeah like that like they were rudy in the the famous movie um uh blades of lord Steel. of the rings <laughs> yeah. yeah 